0: Welcome into a News for Jags podcast. I'm Jamal St. Cyr alongside Justin Barney. Justin, the Jaguars got demolished by the Lions. They they got their teeth kicked in. They went up to Detroit, long flight, and they looked like they didn't even get off the plane. The
1: good thing is we didn't do a podcast and put our uh, projections out in two different avenues. So we would have talked up the Jaguars, predicted them to win on a podcast last week, and instead we only did it online. So we only look like fools to the digital crowd (laughs) Last week instead of the podcast card. What a terrible performance. And all the feel-good after the Ravens win. Out the window, this team is a dumpster fire right now on the defensive side of the ball.
0: Yeah, there there are some problems. There there are some problems. The the only positive that I can take from Sunday's game against the Lions is that Trevor Lawrence walked off the field. That's the after only one. The injury scare. That that's it. Only one,
1: and that's that's a big positive. It is. That's it's a very a big positive because so. that
0: went from if if that injury was serious, it went from not only a terrible loss but to a franchise setback. Kind Absolutely. Of game. So that's um,
1: a big ba- and, and again a terrible performance all the way around. But you got to look at it the lens of trevor lawrence walked off the field all signs point to he's going to be okay and that went from a from a terrible loss and a one-week loss where you kind of lament it and you want want to burn the film as doug peterson said to oh my gosh what are we doing next year i mean this has a potential to linger on into 2023 which i've been on board with saying 2023 is the year for them to take that big jump for trevor Mm. lawrence and, and doug peterson to kind of gel into for that 2023 20, year. So um, that loss, while terrible, was not a franchise-altering loss.
0: No, luckily they kind of lucked out. But, it, you know, the way the defense has played the last stretch of the year is really – causing some issues for yeah me. It, they look terrible the Jaguars terrible. have invested the second most in their defense in the NFL the second most and they're still in the bottom behind tier the Rams only. and the
1: Rams have Jalen Ramsey he's yes. not had a great year Aaron Donald Donald I mean you've got big names on that defensive side yes. of the ball for the Rams uh, they've had some injuries and and woefully underperformed this year that that pick they traded to the Lions is uh projected now to be a top four pick which is not what the Rams had in mind, but man, the Lions are sitting pretty good. But the the, the Rams at least have some names on that defense, with they're they're paying that money too. Um, and, and you fear the Rams defense. Yes. The Jaguars.
0: Nobody fears the Jaguars. You don't fear defense. the Jaguars defense. The, the Jaguars defense spent a hundred. They spent a hundred million dollars. Trent Bulky took a hundred million dollars in salary cap space and turned it into Foye Lewican, who has been phenomenal. By he's the, way. the only. He's the only. Good, well, Rayshawn Jenkins has been he, good. He's been this good year. too um but the rest of its waste and we're, we're just trying to figure out well when can they get it from underneath these contracts and i know we've talked about them wanting to take this big jump in doug peterson's second season with the team and you know, as it starts to get closer to the end of this year, I've started to kind of start peeking forward to next season, even peeking at the draft a little bit just because that's how this season it, is really going. That's how it is around By here. the way, on Tankathon, the Jaguars are at number seven right now this week, so uh, back inside the top ten for that pick. So uh, could mean some talent coming in. But the problem is you have a quarterback on a rookie deal, and all of the assets that you have have to keep getting invested to the defense because it keeps – being awful mm-hmm. so instead of putting all this talent you could be put surrounding trevor lawrence with like you got him christian kirk and you got him brandon sheriff last offseason, but now you're going to say all right well all of our assets again we're going to have to put them on the defense because the defense is still terrible and when you look at the salary cap and the situation that the jaguars are rolling into i it doesn't make you feel good I mean, they're they're gonna go right now. As of right now, where the the salary cap is set at, they're gonna be about twenty plus million over the cap. So they got some work to do just to get to the. And cap. the cap
1: will increase as well. Well, the, the
0: cap uh, will, will. This g- is with a projection of okay. it being right below two hundred and twenty. Okay. Twenty million, which is which is a raise, and that's it. I think the projection that came out this week is like two hundred and twenty-four, which really still puts them at twenty million over. Right. So we know they're going to cut Shaquille Griffin, but you got to cut Shaquille Griffin and then still find a replacement to start there. You can cut Roy Robertson Harris, but then you still have to find a replacement to start there. Right. You have to figure out if you can get anything from Devin Lloyd, who is a first round pick you traded up for, who's already been benched for a guy who was drafted after him. Not exactly a perfect situation. <laughs> Darius Williams been far from a lockdown corner. Rayshawn Jenkins is set to be he, – he's, uh, he's set to make a, a, ton, a ton of money, of money next, next season. Yes. So, I mean, there's, there's the thought of do you need to restructure him? What do you do with him there? The pass rush has been abysmal. And the guy who has the most sacks on the roster, Dewan Smoot, he's a free agent. Right. So – I'm of the group that thinks somebody's going to come, some pass rush needy team with money to spend is going to call him this offseason and offer him a contract. I'm not sure that the Jaguars are going to be able to create enough cap space to retain him along with filling the other needs that they have because you basically have to start from scratch with your pass rush because it's yeah. terrible.
1: And DeWan Smoot has been an awesome piece in Jacksonville for what he is and he's playing very low career snaps this year and producing at an obscenely high rate for him. I mean, he's, he's doing far better than a Josh Allen, Trayvon Walker, with far more snaps. But again, as you mentioned, with a cap increase next year, there's going to be a team that comes along. I think DeWan Smoot made, what, he was on a two-year $10 million contract. Some team is going to come and pay Dewan Smoot a bag, and Jacksonville mm-hmm. is not going to have a chance to do that because right now he's that situational defensive lineman and he is producing at an exceptionally good rate for him. And somebody's going to pay him. At, at this point in his career, you know what Dewan Smoot is capable of. And he has, been, he has been an asset for Jacksonville to have. But some team is going to rightfully come and, and make him a very rich man next year. I just don't think Jacksonville can, can afford to, do, um, to bring a Dewan Smoot back with what he's going to make on the open market, with the issues that they have on this defense. And they are just growing so much more glaring by the week. Over this last three-game stretch, Jaguars are 1-2. and They are allowing a ridiculous number of yards over these last few games. 448 yards per game average. They're giving up against uh, the Chiefs, Ravens, and Lions, and that is not good. They forced a combined three punts in those games, Jamal. That is terrible. terrible. And to me, the worst thing about that, they have given up twenty-three of thirty-six on third down. Twenty-three of thirty-six. That, that's just unbelievable. How can you do that and be successful in this league if you're I mean, if you're a team? The, the NFL average, the best team in the league, the Buffalo Bills, are averaging fifty-one point eight percent conversion on third downs. In Jacksonville is giving up 64% on third down to these three teams over this streak, and that is just not acceptable. The team getting worse defensively by the week, and you just cannot continue to go. That That is absolutely demoralizing for an offense to have to deal with that. And mm-hmm. and for defensive well, yesterday, I mean, you heard it in the locker room, how embarrassed, unacceptable, you, I mean, whatever adjective that Jadwar's players could throw out there, and I, it's not sustainable, and – it's been a tale of two halves from Mike Caldwell, the honeymoon phase over. He is not getting a good product out on the field. Man, it seems
0: forever ago we were talking about him as like a head coaching candidate and stuff, and now that, that fell apart. Uh wanted to circle back to Smoot real quick. You nailed his contract right on the head. It was two years, $10 million. He got that after the 2020 season when right. the cap actually went down. He had only had two years of production at that point. got six sacks in 2019, five and a half in 2020. They read-upped him two years. million. Great investment. Great investment. Got six sacks last year. Already has five sacks this year with five games left to play. He should easily hit the six sack number. Somebody's going to pay this dude. Yeah, absolutely. Somebody's going to pay him a lot more than $10 million. I don't think that he's going to be back in Jacksonville unless they do some major cap surgery. And I keep saying it, and people keep saying I'm crazy. Josh Allen looks like just a guy, and he's on the books for $11 million next year. And when you're in what now looks like salary cap hell, yes, you can't pay a guy that's just a guy eleven million dollars, and you don't, and you know he's not going to be back the year after because you're not going to resign.
1: And him. the problem with Josh Allen is we keep seeing that surface scratching potential, you know. Every year we saw it first year. Jaguars fans were uh, delighted when he fell to them in the first round of the draft, and he had a great rookie season. Struggled in year two. Yeah, year three started out decent year four and we've seen what's happened now and now he's you know the fifth year option has been picked up this is now the time you want to get something done with him long-term extension but to me you can't give josh allen a mega extension now which he's going to want obviously and that jacksonville people were expecting him to to earn with that tantalizing potential you just can't do it you cannot do it you cannot pay josh allen like an extreme pass rusher because he's shown you what he is right now, and he is just a guy. He's got that amazing potential, but when are we going to start stop asking with Josh Allen potential, potential, potential? He's got to come out there and have that season where he he's a 13, a 14 sack a year guy, and he is just not doing it. He was so close yesterday to a couple sacks could not do it and that kind of to me that summarizes his career he's close he's close he's close but he just cannot get there look
0: ultimately josh just isn't a game changing kind of player he's not he, been that he's he, not he, he can be the robin to somebody else's batman he can be the sidekick but he's not the superhero and that's not bad i mean he he has the athletic ability and skill to play in the league for a long time but he can't be that number 1 we talked a lot about it with the wide receivers needing a, a number 1 in the room well, you need a number one pass rusher too. A guy that teams respect, that they're going to send the double team towards, shift their pass, their pass protection around, he ain't that guy. And we talked about it before the year, and I kind of said once or twice that I thought this defense was good if Josh Allen was back to rookie form and back in double-digit sacks. And he
1: looked like that for about two weeks. For, for about two
0: weeks, we thought, maybe.
1: And he just – he's never done it when he's had to be Batman. He had yeah. – batman robin and he was maybe batgirl that first year with uh calais and unique but he's just not been the guy when he's asked to been to be a batman to be a bruce wayne kind of guy he's Mm -hmm. just not been there and he needs another guy opposite that and um you know you're hoping trayvon walker to me trayvon walker looks out of position in in what he is now he's been asked to do and you know uh, jacksonville needs a heavy body on that defensive line they need that penetration the guy's not on the roster right now. Do you, after this season? Do you, if you're Mike Caldwell and Doug Peterson, do you look at things and say, okay, maybe Trayvon's out of position. Maybe we beef him up and, and put him on that line and you know package him with a Jalen Carter possibly um, in, in the draft. And I I just don't know. Trayvon just doesn't look natural to me right now. Where he's at.
0: Well, the problem with Trayvon is that we knew he was raw, and now everybody's getting like angst about the fact that he's raw. Mm-hmm. It, coming in, the guy has no pass rush. Oh moves, yeah, right. Nothing. He is a physical freak athlete. If on draft, matter of fact, before the draft. No one would argue that when you said Aiden Hutchinson is going to have more sacks in year one than Trayvon Walker. It's not a conversation. It was a known fact. right? Because Trayvon Walker is raw. He is physical, untapped potential. And now that we're in the meat of the season, things are going left for the defense. I understand people are chomping at the bit a little bit with Trayvon. I think he's a good run defender. I think he's a plus athlete. He's going to be able to play some different things. Is outside linebacker the best spot for him? I never really thought it was, but I don't think he's been necessarily terrible there. Mm -hmm. He's just, when it's time to go after the quarterback, he just runs full speed like a train into the offensive tackle. And then once he's there and you're locked up, he's got nothing to do. And it doesn't help that Josh Allen is such a non-factor that teams would rather double-team Trayvon than double-team Josh. So now you got a rookie that has no moves and he's getting chipped and seeing double teams sent his way. Mm-hmm. So it's t- it's a tough situation. I am by far not off the Trayvon Walker train. I think he'll be fine. I think he is a physical freak athlete who loves football and is going to spend the whole offseason working on parts of his game now that he has a position. He's not a student athlete anymore. He is just a professional athlete. Um, yeah,
1: and I'm not on the off the Trayvon train. You know, I, I just, just a, wonder if – If that position opposite Josh Allen is the best for him, I mean,
0: I think he could have a better running mate than Josh Allen because the running mate kind of dictates. The way the defense goes. Like Trayvon's fine dropping into coverage, but I don't want Trayvon no, dropping no, into coverage. No, no, at all. But do you want Josh Allen dropping into coverage? You no. You don't want Josh <laughs> Allen dropping I would into rather coverage.
1: have Devin Lloyd drop in
0: coverage. So that, no. that's where your problem comes into play, and maybe that's eventually where Devin Lloyd ends up is on that outside backer spot. But right now, Devin Lloyd's like 235 pounds. Can he hang up and set the edge when you need him to? Consistently? I'm not sure. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if he could handle an NFL season as an edge setter if they come his way at 235. That's a question, and maybe he can. Maybe I'm just underselling the size concern, but maybe that's eventually where he ends up as that opposite edge for Trayvon. I don't know. But ultimately, you've got to figure out how to put Trayvon in an offseason program with someone who can teach him some technique. That's why I say go it. to,
1: go to the, one of these pass rush camps yeah, he, that, he, he that are conducted. He needs to
0: spend some time, like Dewan Smoot just talked before about doing martial arts in the offseason. He needs to go, I mean Aaron Donald posts the videos of him throwing knives and stuff. I don't. He ain't got to do all that, but <laughs> he needs to go hang out with a Robert Mathis, who's now a defensive line coach, and do it for the whole offseason and just work on your moves so that way when you come back you're a little bit more refined. and. He'll be fine. I think, like I said, Aiden Hutchinson, obviously his comp since he's number two and Aiden Hutchinson has more sacks than him right now. I don't think anybody was going to argue that year one Hutchinson was going to have better sack numbers Mm -hmm. than Trayvon. Trayvon's got more tackles, though. Um, Year two, I think the gap will close a little bit. But I think year three, all of a sudden, Trayvon's going to be ahead of where Hutchinson's at because I just don't see Hutchinson really being that.
1: We talked about that before the draft. Yeah. And you were very... Uh, very vocal about what you thought was uh, Trayvon's ceiling and Aiden Hutchinson's ceiling. And I think there was a lower ceiling and you kind of knew what you were going to get with Aiden. And uh, I do think, I do think Trayvon's, uh, for me, Trayvon, it just kind of a, um, kind of just an indictment on this defense this year, just, Potential. You wanted to see more. You're expecting more as, as the number one pick of the draft, obviously. You're right. expecting to see more, and you just have not seen that. And it's a little bit disappointing.
0: Here's my question for you. Uh, two of the better defenses over the course of the last decade or two, Pittsburgh Steelers, Baltimore Ravens, right? Which one of the two players do you think they would have taken? Trayvon Walker or Aiden Hutchinson?
1: I th- Yeah, I think they would have taken Trayvon. Exactly. The, and I, the... I
0: think both of them would have, in a nutshell, would have said, we're going to go with that guy because if he gets to where he needs to get, he's a tone setter for the rest of the unit. Mm-hmm. As opposed to this guy, eh, we'll probably get seven, eight sacks from him for ten years, which is great, but like, you can get seven, eight sacks and be terrible on defense as opposed to a guy that can be a game plan wrecker. Mm-hmm. So I, that I that's where my thought process is because when I think defense, I tend to think of these – These teams that are historically good at defense because they've had coaching staffs and schemes in place and their scouts understand what the coaches want, the mentality they want to bring in. And both of those teams, when I think about it, I think they'd have taken Trayvon in a heartbeat.
1: Yeah, and I think you even heard that after the draft that – Had the situations been reversed and Detroit had that number one pick and Jacksonville had two, they would have taken Trayvon Walker. Right. So I do think with Aiden Hutchinson, you knew exactly what you were going to get with him. To me, I thought Aiden was the the more pro-ready player just for the the simple fact Aiden Hutchinson played a dedicated position. You saw his production in the Big Ten and Trayvon Walker was an enigma and he was everywhere on the field and he had this... Uh, um, you had these great upside, these these potential is the buzzword, mm-hmm. like Josh Allen. Um, and you saw that. But again, I think with Trevor Lawrence, very similar to what I have said with Trevor, year three is going to be his year because it's his second year in the system. We've mm-hmm. already seen the Trevor Lawrence flashes this year. And I think year three is is uh, his kind of his launching pad. And I think Trayvon Walker, after an offseason, I just am wondering that, you know, Trayvon, is, is he more... Is he more of that defensive end, I think so. hand-in-the-dirt kind of guy uh, but long-term in his career? I
0: mean, realistically, his best position probably, probably a 4-3 defensive end. But, right? I mean, yeah. everybody here in Jacksonville has been begging to get to a 3-4 forever. You finally get it, and then it's like, can we go back to that 4-3 and, and put Trayvon as an <laughs> end? Uh, um, I think, ultimately, that's his, probably his best position. He's an insane athlete, but you want to give him a very simple job. Go after the quarterback, stop the run. And, I mean, I think that probably is his best position. I never thought standing up at outside linebacker was realistic for him, but um, we'll see. They, they've been moving him around a little bit more, getting him inside. One more draft question, and then we'll talk a little bit more about this season. All right. Uh, let's say things stay pat where they're at right now. Jaguars are number seven if the season ended today. You know the problems they have on the defensive side of the ball. Which what, one? Which one? All of them. You know all <laughs> of them. What's more important to you, getting Trevor – making sure that Trevor is surrounded with as much talent as physically possible. The wide receiver free agent market's terrible. you got Calvin Ridley coming in, but there are a couple of receivers that could be worth it. You also have no tight ends under contract right now, uh, besides Chris Manhurts and Luke Farrell because you lose Dan Arnold and Evan Ingram. They're both free agents. Uh, Jawan Taylor is also a free agent on offense. Walker Little sitting there like, maybe I can take the job. Uh, you got holes on offense, not a mm-hmm. whole lot of money to spend that I, that you can confidently say they're going to be able to fill on offense. What's more important? When you get in that top 10 pick, putting as much talent around Trevor as possible, maybe a pass catcher, maybe an offensive lineman, whatever it may be, I'm not going to get into prospects, or fixing the defense and filling those holes.
1: To me, I think it's still build around Trevor. I think you've got to build around him, and we've seen what's happened this year when you threw a ton of money at defense, and it still sucks. Yeah. And. Again, what would I rather invest in for this team? And it should be, it should have been this offseason instead of going heavy on defense. And I know you got center early in the draft, and that's been nice. Luke Fortner's done a, a good job as a rookie guy. at uh, one of the most important positions on the field for Trevor Lawrence, uh, his center. But I do think this team, you have to build around Trevor, insulate him. with. Time. He's a generational quarterback, quote-unquote. I think you need to build around him. They've done that. A little bit this offseason, Calvin Ridley. They did that this past offseason, Christian Kirk. You have got to give Trevor some weapons, whether that's a a, a linchpin at right tackle, whether that's a a big tight end, you know, a pass-catching tight end, not a Chris Manhurts type, a guy that is able to to give you 10 touchdowns out of that tight end position, Uh, whether it's a blockbuster receiver, whatever it is, build around Trevor. We've seen the defensive situation this year, two first-round picks on defense. And uh, that's got a, it, got us where we are here today, talking about how bad that defense is.
0: Hey, never forget Chris hurts caught Trevor Lawrence's first, first That's a trivia question pass. right there. Yes, first it trivia. is. Um, no, I'm with you. I think I think adding another wide receiver to the mix with Christian Kirk, Calvin Ridley, and ex unnamed receiver mm-hmm. would make the uh, the offense dynamic and might be able to cover up some of the deficiencies of the defense by really putting the the, the offense in a position where they can go and be aggressive and put or a, tight, a lot of points again on the a tight board. end or a dynamic a, tight end is there
1: a you know is there a travis kelsey kind of player no. out there is there no. a guy that you can <laughs> kind of look at and say yeah free agent market tight end is is what it is i mean you bring evan ingram back you know what you're getting with him um notre dame tight end possible you know he's okay I, he's not travis he, kelsey though no, and, no i mean
0: kelsey's hard if you're gonna go kelsey and this is way early, it's the the Oregon State kid, Musgrave, but he's coming off an injury, but he's a physical freak, huge runs like wind. We'll talk more about that later. All right, this season, the Jaguars have what's left to a 2% chance of making the playoffs. I don't think any of us think that's realistic, but Doug Peterson said today that he thinks the team's goals are still in front of them. Two percent is what the calculator says at the moment, um, and that go actually, according to the calculator, if they take down the
1: Titans this week, okay. that goes up to ten percent. Yes. So, <laughs> and so you know, when the last time the Jaguars beat the Titans, I don't think you were born, Jamal. <laughs> beat the <laughs> Feels Titans like it's been in Nashville.
0: Long. It's been a long time. It has and been and a while. We know what Derrick Henry tends to traditionally do against this team. Is there any chance, especially after the whipping the Eagles just put on the Titans,
1: any chance? The
0: Jaguars going to Nashville and pull out the W. I think
1: so. I think there is a chance. I think there's, uh, again, when we talked about this last week before the Ravens game, they were going to win. I thought Jacksonville could win during this stretch. I thought, again, best-case scenario, four and three. Worst-case scenario, they would get three wins. And those three wins could have been any compilation of things. They were going to surprise us with one. I think that was the Ravens' win, certainly. But I think that they can beat the Titans. I um i think they can split with the titans i think they beat the titans one of two um now whether that comes in this upcoming week in nashville which will be the first time in what feels like a lifetime a win in nashville over the titans or the regular season finale i do think the titans will be a little bit more motivated uh later on in the season with playoff positioning further at stake in week 18. Um, but i do think jacksonville can go into Nashville and beat the titans Will they? No. I, I don't have much faith that they can, but I don't think that that game is as far out of reach as, uh, as say, that Ravens game. I thought the Ravens would uh, would beat Jacksonville, and, and uh, that was not the case. So I think, uh, I think the defense has a lot to prove this week to stop Derrick Henry.
0: I thought the Ravens would beat the Jaguars the way the Lions beat them. Yeah. <laughs> if you told me the Ravens were 20 points better than the Jaguars, I'd be like, okay, I see it. You tell me the Lions, the NFL's worst defense. They're giving up 400 yards a game on the regular. And the Jaguars go out there and score 14 points. Unjust unacceptable. Uh, you can't do that. And I I have like all next if you want to ask my confidence that the Jaguars could go into Nashville and pull out a win, it's at like 12%. It's in, like, it's uh, physically so, should they be should the talent gap be large? No. Like this defense is is built to stop the run. Should they be able to slow down Derrick Henry? Yes. What's my confidence level that they'll actually slow down Derrick Henry? Next to none. Uh, So if you stop Derrick Henry, the Titans' offense pretty much is stopped on the regular. They don't have a a wide receiver that really scares you. Traylon Burks is figuring it out. You should be able to really contain him. It's stop Derrick Henry and then keep Ryan Tannenhill from from just tearing you apart. Mm -hmm. And the Jaguars have shown that they can't tend to do both of those. Um... I don't know. I, this defense has a lot to prove. It's a tough game. The Titans are a well-coached football team with some talent. Their defense, I expect, is going to give this offense some, some trouble. And, you know, if Trevor Lawrence isn't 100%, I don't even know if I'm Doug Peterson if I put him out there. That's Because good. the worst thing you can do is whatever's wrong with this foot, him go out there and make it worse.
1: I thought it was a risky move to put Trevor back in the game yesterday. I yes. did not think with the game – Totally out of reach at halftime, in my opinion. What is putting Trevor Lawrence back in there uh, going to prove? And, again, he came out, threw a touchdown pass. He played the rest of the game with the exception of the final drive. Again, I know Trevor wanted to be in the game and, and prove that to his teammates and not you know just throw in the towel right there. But, you know, if you played it safe with Travis Etienne the week before, I would have played it safe with Trevor yesterday with nothing to gain by that.
0: And that's what I'd have done as well. But, you know, Trevor – Looked like he really wanted to play. He went out, and again, he played well enough. I mean, his receivers did him no favors, none. I mean, Terrible mean Jones game. dropped three passes. Jamal Agnew dropped one. If I'm remembering correctly, there might be one from Marvin somewhere along. The only guy you could trust to pull in Christian a catch Kirk was, was Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk was phenomenal yesterday. That was it. Evan Ingram, I know, dropped one. The only guy you could trust was Christian Kirk. Yeah,
1: and Christian Kirk, and, I, I know the knock on Christian. We both hammered it. Never a 1,000-yard season. He's going to make he's it. He's one year. good game away from 1000 yards. He's going
0: to make it this year and he's the only guy you can trust on the offense. And so now whether or not you believe that he was worth that big contract, he's shown that he that the Jaguars needed to pay him that because without him, I don't know where this offense would be right this now. This team
1: is is not sitting on four wins right now without he, Christian
0: Kirk. Not a chance. Not a chance. All right, uh, we'll see that'll that'll wrap us up for this News for Jags podcast. We'll see what the Jaguars can do in Nashville. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.